Thank you for checking out Talks with Tyler ISD, a podcast about the passionate people with a heart for students. I'm your host, Jennifer Hines. Today we have with us Tyler ISD alumni, investor, entrepreneur, and philanthropist, Jerry Palmer. Jerry, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited to have you with us. And you are an alumnus of Tyler ISD. From what I understand, you graduated from John Tyler High School, but also attended Bolter and Orr. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing these days, because you have quite the impressive, successful outcome. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be with you, and I appreciate you taking the time to let us tell this story, and hopefully it inspires and helps others, that younger people particularly, that may have been similar to my path. But today I live in, uh, I split my time really between Littleton, Colorado, a suburb west of Denver, and then also in San Diego, where I've made my home for the last 30 years. But I'm an investor an entrepreneur and heavily involved in investing in commercial real estate. I still invest in, in Texas and Dallas in particular, but we do a lot of things in the Denver area and as well as San Diego. And that occupies most of my time, but then I'm also getting more and more involved in philanthropy and looking at ways to try to help uh, younger people who might be interested in pursuing the treacherous path that I want to pursue. <laughs> And I understand you even co-founded uh, your own law firm? We did. So, you, you know, we'll get a little bit more into the educational history, but starting with, you know, Ron Brown, for example, where he came and, and had a talk with me about what I was going to do with my future, it quickly turned into wanting to become an attorney. And that it took 10 years, but it ultimately led me to graduating from the University of Texas School of Law in Austin. And... When I graduated from there, that's one of the top 10 law schools in the nation. So uh, really, law firms from all over the country come there to recruit. And I ended up taking a job with an international law firm based in Los Angeles. And I worked in their San Diego office, although I traveled a lot. But anyway, so that's where I began the legal career. I started making relationships with clients and then ultimately left with a couple of partners. We started our own law firm. And there we were able to be more entrepreneurial and do things more creatively with clients. And that's what ultimately led me to, into business when my clients kept asking me to leave law, partner with them in business. And that's what we did. And that's kind of, that's kind of turned out to be a really interesting journey. Well, speaking of that journey, your path so long ago was kind of headed in a different direction. Tell us where you were before you made this big shift. Well, so in high school, John Tyler, or it's, it's, you know, Tyler High, but I was not academically inclined. I was a horrible student. In fact, I mean, if we went back and looked at my records, as I recall, I graduated in the bottom half of my high school class there. And I had three older stepbrothers and who were all really good athletes. And so athletics was something that was really fundamental in our house and our family. And I was pursuing that. And sleeping through fast, basically, just always tired, not paying attention, and concentrating on sports until my junior year of high school, when I suddenly realized I had no future in football. And because there were so many other good players on the team around me, I realized that, you know, I wasn't going to do anything with that. Sports sports was not the answer, is, is what you had kind of come to realize at that time. Now, I understand that you would go to school for half a day, and then you would also do an apprenticeship in the afternoon. 
Yeah, that's right. So Tyler, I don't know if he still offered this, but they had sort of a vocational program so that you could go to school in the morning and they would help you get a job, in essence, place you someplace where you could learn a skill or a trade when you graduated high school. Then you had something to step into. And my dad, you know, he just, he operated a machine at a Kelly Springfield tire plant there. Again, education wasn't something in the family, but that's what I was doing. And so I spent the afternoons working at Tyler Pipe as an apprentice in a diesel truck mechanic shop, basically learning to be a diesel truck mechanic, you know, of all things. And then in, in sitting in that vocational class one day, Ron Brown tapped on the door and asked the instructor if he could see me in the hallway. And that's really the discussion that changed the trajectory of my life. And, um, but anyway, that's why, you know, we honor Ron Brown by doing this honorary scholarship in his name. And so he's the one that pulled you aside. That conversation is really the catalyst for this huge shift. What did he say to you that created such a significant pathway change? That's a pretty abrupt change of direction, isn't it? Going from diesel truck mechanic to ultimately, you know, I became a CPA and an attorney for one of the world's you know, most prestigious international law firms, right? So what did Ron Brown say that day, right? Mm -hmm. So he asked to see me in the hall, so I stepped out. He said, let's go get a piece of pie. I don't think you could do this these days, but we went out and got in his car, and we drove to a little diner down the street in Tyler, down on Irwin Street. Got in a booth, and he said, you know, you're going to graduate high school next year. You know, what are you going to do with your life? You could be a doctor, an engineer, or a lawyer. And that just struck me as odd because my grades were so horrible. And I said, there's no way I'm going to be a doctor or an engineer. You know, I hate math. Uh, but to tell me about this lawyer thing. Mm -hmm. And here's, here's one of the most fascinating things that he did. And I think it's probably the most instrumental lesson that he, that he showed me in that conversation. Well, he said, you know, you should call some local attorneys, make appointments, and go interview them. And I did. Ultimately, I ended up making appointments and interviewing four local attorneys in Tyler. And I really only had to meet the first one. His name was Charles Dickerson. And I went in and had this conversation with him. And it just made me want to become an attorney. What he told me about the way that his, his life and what he did. And he enjoyed it. And it gave him satisfaction and economic freedom to make choices that he wanted to make. These things were all foreign to me. But they sounded wonderful. I wanted some of that too. So anyway, that's what sparked that motivation. And that's, that's, you know, the path we took. So, you know, an interesting, an interesting part about this though, is we all know today how difficult it is to get into a school like the University of Texas. It's mm -hmm. challenging. Oh, yes. Students have, as we know from my admission of my horrible scholastic background in high school, I couldn't possibly have gotten in. But of course, Tyler Junior College was there and they'll take Anybody, including me, you know, so I got to go and enroll at Tyler Junior College. And with this newfound motivation and drive, I was committed to making straight A's so that I could get into University of Texas Law School. And it wasn't an easy path. I had to work super hard to go from not having any scholastic or academic skills to being able to make A's. But I did. I mean, you know, miraculously, it worked. And uh, with <laughs> so. Like, for example, in uh, my freshman year, you're taking, you know, history, English, biology, algebra, and coming from the vocational program at John Tyler, algebra wasn't some, one of my strong suits. But I found the smartest kid in the class, and I would go to his 
house on Saturday mornings and get him to tutor me on the algebra lessons. And I'd go to the teacher's class in the afternoon to help me solve problems that I couldn't get through on my own. That first semester, I made two C's in college. One of them was that one, the algebra mm-hmm. class. But I learned the skills. So the next semester, it was calculus, where I made a B. The next semester, calculus two, where I made an A. But it, Calder Junior College set me on that path where I started to realize that I could do the work. If I worked really hard, I could make the grades, in essence, control my own destiny. And you were really proactive in that by seeking out that extra tutoring, seeking out that professor. I mean, you you changed courses and and you were full on. I mean, game on like you were nothing was going to stop you. But you did have to take a different path. You couldn't just go straight to law school. You did the uh, TJC. And I understand you also had to work during that time, probably help put yourself through college. Correct? Yeah. No, that's right. And that's another fascinating story, too, that really. It just in a moment, meeting someone just changed the, you know, the trajectory of my life. But I was going to TJC in the morning and working as a diesel truck mechanic in the afternoon doing that job, which was just, you know, horribly difficult. I mean, it was so hard to do that. But after about, I think maybe about six weeks into my freshman year at TJC, I was at a party on a Friday night, standing around a keg of beer guy comes over we start talking like how are you doing you know my name's mark my name's jerry like what's going on this guy says you know i had a horrible night tonight it was just terrible i said well what's what happened he said you know i only made ten dollars an hour tonight and this is you know back in 1976 or whatever ten dollars is today but it was three times what i was making as a diesel truck mechanic and i said well what in the world did you do <laughs> he said i'm a waiter i wait tables at this restaurant in Tyler, it used to be called the Pelican's Wharf. I don't think it's still in business. But the next day, I was down there knocking on the manager's door saying, can I have a job waiting tables in your restaurant? And I got one. So I ended up waiting tables the rest of college. And so I graduated TJC, and I did well. I think I graduated with a 3.6 GPA or something like that. It was good enough to get me transferred to UT. But then I didn't have money to go to Austin. So I, I took a job for a year roughnecking the oil field drilling or working on drilling rigs. For Delta Drilling Company, which is based in Tyler, which is about as high an hourly wage as you can make without mm-hmm. a skill or an education because right. it's dangerous and dirty work. Yeah. So I used that to save money and then got down to Austin, got a job waiting tables again, went to school in the morning, studied in the afternoons, waited tables at night, you know, studied on the weekends. And um, so here's, here's, here's one of the other little fascinating facts. So I graduated the University of Texas, and I didn't know this. Well, let's go back to these interviews with the lawyers. So as I'm interviewing these lawyers, you know, I'm like, what do I have to do to go to law school? you got to go to college first. I'm like, okay, well, what do I major in? And they would all, they'd all major in history, political science, or something like that. And they said, you know what? If I had it to do over again, I'd major in accounting. I didn't know what it was, but I was like, all right, I'll major in accounting. And you don't like out, math. <laughs> I don't like math. It turns out. You know, the University of Texas is the number one accounting school in the nation. It's not Harvard, it's not Stanford, it's not Yale, Northwestern, Columbia. Yeah. University of Texas in Austin, right? Yeah. So I showed up in the very first class I walked into was intermediate accounting. So I'm a junior at this point, right? Mm-hmm. The professor walks in, auditorium style room, 300 students in this big auditorium. He gets up on the stage, introduces himself. He says, my name is Dr. Kellogg. I've got a PhD in economics from Yale, a law degree from Harvard, and I'm a CPA. I'm going to be teaching you intermediate accounting. And I thought, man, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way 
I survived this class. But I did, and I did well, and I thrived. And so I actually passed the CPA exam before I graduated college in the University of Texas. Wow. It's amazing to think about what all you were able to accomplish um, when you set your mind to it. And you did. You continued through UT Austin, which I am a fellow Longhorn, Texas X, so hook them. Yay! <laughs> yes, absolutely. And so you decided to stay on and go to law school there. Did you apply to any other law schools, or were you dead set on staying and going to UT Law School? Well, you know, I was dead set on going to UT Law School. And I think it was primarily because I loved Austin. And I love the University of Texas campus. That was by far the best law school in the state of Texas. Also the most affordable. It's a state school. So the tuition there is compared to, say, SMU, for example, or Baylor, which are private schools, which have fine law schools. The University of Texas was a bargain, and it was by far the best school. Like, that's what I want to do. So when I applied, though, my when I was graduating my senior year, I got rejected. I didn't get in. And so I passed the CPA exam. I went to Houston, worked as a CPA at a big publicly, uh, uh, big public accounting firm. Now it's called KPMG. Back then it was called Pete Morrow. Right? Mm-hmm. So I worked there. I was going to take one year off mm-hmm. and work in Houston, then go back to law school. And I applied and I got in the second mm-hmm. time I applied. But I had come up with some knucklehead business guy in Houston where I was working Housing prices were going up. He said, you could buy a house, fix it up, and make all this profit, you know. And I thought, oh, I'm going to do that, and I'll use that to pay for law school. Well, I bought a house to fix up, and I did all of that. But the housing market collapsed. Mm-hmm. Instead of being able to sell it and make a profit, I ended up uh, not being able to sell it. So I ended up in three years in Houston. Then I went back to law school and um, had sold a house, basically broke even. Mm-hmm. But ended up going to law school and working in the afternoon at uh First year, I worked in an accounting firm doing tax returns. And uh, anyway, so that whole thing. So you had lots of different, I mean, you just kept coming back. You had to take a year off, save up to go to college. And then you just would keep going back, doing what you needed to do. Once you had it in your mind, you were going to do whatever it took. And if that meant taking off three years or a year and going into the oil field or working a waiting job each night and studying when you could and classes in the morning, you, that's what you did. Um, and you, you, you did what you had to do to make it happen, which some people aren't willing to do that. Successful people do what unsuccessful people aren't willing to do. So you're a true testament to that. Now, flash forward to today, highly successful. You have done something that is uh, just so generous to the students that may find themselves in your shoes when they're in high school now. Tell us a little bit about the scholarship. Um, kind of what what inspired you to give back and, and a little bit about that process. Well, I've always had this great sense of gratitude to uh, Ben Brown for, you know, having the interest, just taking the time that one day to take me out. And it, it certainly changed my life, right? So I've always wanted to have be able to express some gratitude. And unfortunately, I, I didn't go back and try to find him and, and do that. But I'm in touch with the University of Texas, obviously, as an alumni there. And they were talking to me about scholarships. And in fact, you know, it really kind of goes back. So the head of the history department at the University of Texas, Dr. Surrey, he also teaches classes uh, online at this site called One Day University. 
And they travel around the country and we'll have these symposiums. And they were in Denver doing a day of that. And my wife and I went to see him and we started talking. And I said, you know, I've been thinking about a scholarship at the University of Texas, but, but my reluctance, to be honest with you, is I don't see how it's that impactful because the university is so wealthy. It's got an enormous endowment. Why does it need me to try to fund? And he said, you know, I've got great answers to that. And they put you in contact with some people. And they did. So there was two things that I learned that really changed my mind about it. One is they had a matching fund program. So for whatever I gave, they were going to match it equally. So it had double the impact. The other is that they explained to me that their students, is, you know, the way I understand it in Texas, the University of Texas automatically accepts the top, I think it's 10% of the high school class gets admission. But their students from John Tyler, for example, or Tyler High, is that what it's called now? Tyler High School, yes. Their students who are in the top 10% who graduate and they qualify to get a UT, but they don't have the money or the financial means to go. So they're not able to go do that. So the idea was, okay, let's create this scholarship in conjunction with the University of Texas with their matching fund program, and let's name it in the honor of Ben Brown, and let's direct it toward low to moderate income students who get accepted but need financials. So it was a win-win, you know. So we, I think, I committed a hundred thousand dollars. UTs matched that with another hundred thousand. So we, in essence, we have a. $200,000 endowed scholarship directed to low to moderate income students. I love that. And that's the, the Texas challenge. That's that scholarship matching program. Right. And then it's geared towards students at Tyler High School. Now, if there's not someone that fits all the criteria, then it can be applied to somebody at Tyler Legacy High School. So I love that. There's there's going to be someone that is going to benefit from this. And, and I love that they are allowed to, to do this. It's supporting our students and it's getting them to that next step. Um, because as you know, as you walk through these steps, every little bit helps. They're probably still going to have to get a job and, and do all of these things, but every little bit helps as they are trying to go to college and making it a little bit easier uh, for them to do that is, is so wonderful to see uh, how you have come full circle to give back, uh, realizing how Counselors do impact the lives of students, and that one conversation can change the course of a student's life. Yeah. And it, it's great to see how that has happened with you. What is one thing that you would like for parents, students, or the community to know about you or to know about this, this scholarship as, um, as they're listening to you today? I think the most important message isn't something about me, but it's just a message to people particularly young people who have a dream or they have a hope, but somehow they, maybe they, they doubt themselves or they're afraid to, to, you know, walk through that wall that's somehow holding them back from what it is that they want to achieve because they have some fear. So um, there's two phrases that I have that I use. I love to talk to young people about, about the inspiration. So, they're sort of lasting lessons. One comes from Shakespeare that says, our doubts are traitors that make us lose the good we all might gain by fearing to attempt. Just a beautiful way to say, don't be afraid to try. Mm -hmm. We all know that when we try great things, hard things, we fail, right? So Churchill tells us the secret to success is going from failure to failure without a loss of enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. So 
don't be afraid to try great things. If you try them and you fail, don't quit. Keep going. Right. And so the legacy, that, if you look, my story is, is exactly that, of trying things that were beyond my grasp, failing, mm-hmm. not quitting, not giving up. And then in the end, it's like, wow, that actually works. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's neat to see your story and all the different ways that you had to go to get there and to see where you ended up. It's, it's absolutely phenomenal. Thank you so much for taking the time to tell us more about your story and, and the personal story behind this scholarship. It's, it's just a wonderful thing that you have done. And thank you for your generosity for the students of Tyler ISD. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Be sure to check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Be sure to share this episode with your friends and family. 